Good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending on what time you're listening to the show or watching the show. It depends how you how you feel at the time. It is Top Top, the weekly football review show, live from Stalker's studio. It's behind me. Uh, it's the best studio in the whole Northamptonshire. We're in association with Soccer Republic slash Macau Sports Bar and Grill. Apparently they're together. Oh. So, yeah, so um, that's, yeah. that's new development. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw them together. So I was going to do that. So they're on West 58th. West 51st and 8th in New York City. So if you ever want to go in there, if you're in New York, go say hi to cabs. And in association with the mail coach, where you'll be able to find Adam the Greek tonight, who is co-hosting with myself and Alex Osborne, if you want to do the best quiz in the whole Northamptonshire. And what I love about these people is that they don't charge to plug their names. This week's show... Uh, that's, a, that's a little story <laughs> joke. I'll tell you about that another time, boys. Um, <laughs> on tonight's show, we'll be talking about Leicester's regression. They were destined to, to challenge Liverpool for the title, and uh, it's gone so badly wrong for them in the last few weeks. Uh, we'll be talking about Bournemouth as well. Are they definitely destined for the drop? And what is going on with all the big clubs in the Premier League right now? Because other than Liverpool, everyone just loves losing games or drawing games. You know, um, I just want to say a little brief thing on Arsenal. We'll talk about Arsenal later on today. But Arsenal lost, dropped 13 points from winning positions this season. That disgusts me. Anyway, um, let's talk about the big game from yesterday. First of all, it was uh, Burnley versus Leicester. Um, Burnley... <laughs> Burnley 2, Leicester 1. Um... <laughs> <laughs> biggest of big games now. biggest of big games big games with big names now Leicester you go into that game and you're thinking well this is a this is a formality is it not you know and they go 1-0 up and Harvey well, Barnes before half time it wasn't the form guide Burnley had lost their four previous man- matches leading mm. into this game exactly. haven't won any that's their first points in five games yeah so but um, of since Christmas time yeah. I, can we just talk about that Harvey Barnes goal right lovely goal great direct uh, uh, running at the defence committed the last defender and lovely finish which for Harvey Barnes on previous evidence, he struggles <laughs> struggles to finish. Which finish is a shame. It looks like he has all the elements to be yeah. that person. Who I mean, I know, I know. He scored. Was it one guy earlier this season where he almost broke the net? Yeah, I'm sure. He, well, he, I'm sure the net was still filling it after it went in. But um, yeah, what I was going to go in is, I thought it was a foul on the builder. Yeah. Prior, prior, he didn't. He didn't get any of the ball. Let's not bring the uh, three-lettered word into this <laughs> yeah. conversation. Just not yet. Not yet. Yeah. It's too early. It's too early. That's what it's yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely thought it was a foul. I, he didn't get any of the ball. The, he certainly got got his man. Then how was that not a foul? I think at the end of the day, it just goes to show a level of professionalism from him. The fact that he just carries on and he does what is not expected of him, but you know, not expected of him. He goes in and, and finishes his dinner. Yeah. He finishes and he played to the whistle. Obviously, <laughs> like you look at it like that and say, you know. You, you could just stop and think, oh, well, I've made the foul, they're going to pull it back because of VR anyway. No, you get the job done and he did it and he, you know, the goal stood. That's, mm. that's what you do when you gamble and you play to the whistle. Play to the whistle, that is such a key Bans thing. was doing that week in, week out for West Brom in the Championship. Yeah. We, we, it was too good for them. And as soon as Leicester called him back, I said he'll be in with their face. Well, they called him back, I think Puel was still manager, wasn't he? Yeah, when he called man, he hasn't Great gaffer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Moment of silence for um, um, Puel. Yep. Anyway, uh, and um, yeah, Burnley, they ended up coming back and, and, and getting getting the win. Talk me through that, boys. Uh, so, 18 shots from Leicester, 8 on target. Not clinical enough. And that's that's gutting for them, obviously, because Jamie Vardy's top scorer in the Premier League and people might say he's been misfiring recently and bits like that, but he needs some help. I'm, I've, I've, said, I've put this in the notes that I've made today. 
I think there's a lot of Premier League teams that need a striker. Leicester are in need of one for next season because it's looking more and more increasingly like they will get Champions League. They're too far away from the chasing pack, I think, to mess it up that badly. I think they're going through a rut at the moment and I think they'll turn it around, but they're probably in need of someone that they can rely on in the event that Jamie Vardy either one gets injured or two, you know, well, it's he's a bit of a dipping form at the moment. He did, yeah, he's, his like, legs are going to weigh. He's not, he's not, he's not scored in three games, which everyone's like having a massive meltdown. Well, over and that, and three games. And, and, and they win the game. Yeah. Know? And those those players, the football manager, know about players who, who go through dips in form. Frustratingly enough, but uh, well, that your days we'll skip over that. We'll skip over that. kicking up a fuss because you don't answer the regiment of squad. But no, let's let's move past that. It's a massive win for Burnley because there's a relegation dogfight happening. The teams that we were saying, you know, a couple of months ago, dead certs to go down, are suddenly out of nowhere. They're you know they're doing pure Undertaker at WrestleMania 1999 and sitting de- dead bolt upright. Look at Watford, for example. They're now out of the relegation zone, picking up results against massive teams. like They've, they've, they've got a draw out of Tottenham yesterday. We'll come to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Norwich getting a win against relegation rivals. It's looking more like, you know, I'm a massive Eddie Howe fanboy, but he, I don't think he's going to be able to turn this around. Their injury problems in the last couple of years and having a thin squad is, is going to be their downfall. It's I'm such a weird one now. Like it, uh, Liverpool are top of the league. We're all aware of that. If you take Liverpool out of the equation, is this the most exciting Premier League season? Not ever, but in the last ten years. I don't know. I, don't know. I think. I think. I think. What constitutes an exciting Premier League season is a battle at the top, and then a, a, a scrap at the bottom. And this season, it's the might, you might have. You, yeah, it's like okay. Yeah, you've got a battle in the in the mid in in between, but that's not really what people. I've got remember. my I've got my five that I think will be in the bottom five, and we can hark back to this if I'm horrendously wrong at the end of the season. But my bottom five and my three that I think will go down. So I've got the five are Norwich, Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham, and Brighton. I I I want David Moyes to turn it around. I quite like David Moyes. I I, I won't mind. I didn't mind when Leeds were being tampered with him because I, I, you know, I would, you know, before Bielsa days, I would have much preferred him to be Leeds to be much more defensively solid. We've had shocking defences in the last ten years, but I just I can't see him doing it. I don't see them getting any players in in January. I don't see it as an attractive club for decent players to go to. Mm. They they're in another team in desperate need of a striker, desperate yeah. need, and I just can't see him doing it. Brighton have been more increasingly sucked in in the last couple of weeks, and they're definitely in that sort of scrap now. So weird, isn't it? Because yeah. Brighton, the way they're playing football at the moment, is arguably the best that they have played. Mm since they've come back into the top flight, yet they're in a worse position now than they have ever been in the Premier League. I like, think there's, how's, so, that, how's that explained? I, I think Brighton, out of those, Brighton and West Ham will be fine. I think Norwich, Bournemouth and Villa will, will go down. I, don't, I think Villa are in, uh, probably the most desperate for a striker at the moment, especially with their injuries. And they're too, they're too reliant on Jack Grealish. I think, more, I think Jack Grealish won't stop performing because I def- he won't be there next year. It's, a, it's like Pookie won't be at Norwich next year. I think Pookie might be. I think Pookie came out the blocks very nicely. No, but he's still, he's still, t- he's still, t- he's still chipping in with the goals, and he's, you know, he's obviously way outperforming the squad that he's in. So I've, I put here particularly for the for the Norwich game. Uh, so where have we got? I said Pookie, Cantwell, and Aaron's won't be there next year. Oh, it's as simple well, as that. You know, Aaron, you know. Aaron, Aaron's he's he looks. I had the, before the start of the season. I pinpointed Aaron's and Jamal Lewis, the, yeah. the left back, yeah. as ones to watch. Jamal Lewis hasn't really no. Aaron's, quite stepped up, but Aaron. Aaron's just got Arsenal written all over him. And you know what I'm saying to you about major surgery needed for Arsenal's defence is the kind of player that if Arsenal get hold of him, particularly with the way that Arteta looks like he's turning things around there, 
Aaron's could turn into a great Premier League player. Yeah, and I, I said, again, having I watched him, agree with that. Having watched him all last season, having watched him again this season in a in a faltering team, we've seen it before in the past when players like Charlie Austin was outscoring the QPR teams he's played for when they were getting relegated. Really Do you know what I mean? So same thing with like Ings at Southampton who are now doing okay. Here's the other thing as well about that: expectations at Arsenal should be lower. As well, they'll yeah, be low, so you can come into a side not where he goes to, say, Man City, where they'll be one of challenging straight away. Come into Arsenal, you're looking to build up from there, and he's certainly one of those players who can ride. Norwich down. are not going to sell any players in January because they need all hands on deck for so the try and get up, yeah. But those players know that some players, particularly, will know they won't be there next year. Yeah. So, for example, those three players that I've mentioned, when we come to do a pre-season show talking about transfers, who needs what, who goes where, Aaron's will be one of the ones that I say those teams should be looking at. Him. Yeah. Same as when mm. I'll be saying it is that if Leeds don't come up, Carlton Phipps will be one of those players that. Yeah. People need to be looking at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Um, back to Leicester. <laughs> um, are they in a regression at the moment? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I called it. I called. I said that it could be a regression coming, and uh, mainly because I thought their their position on the table was maybe false. But I mean. I think it's a case of they've got a strong 12, 13 players, 14 players, and you, as we said, once they start to get tired, you know, they're not quite on their game because they've played a lot of football up to this season, and this is where you'd expect your squad players to come in and try and uh, pick up the slack. And then might maybe not be quite as good, which is where you're getting a regression from, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, they're changing. It, 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 it's like what they're trying to do at the moment as well is try and preserve some of their squad, which confuses me because mm. like you're seeing players that you expect to be starting sat on the bench, and it's like hold on a minute, you know, you haven't got anything else to work for. You've got well, you've got. I keep wanting to call it the Coca Cola Cup. I'm so old school. The League Cup next week against Villa. They, I expect them to, to go ahead and, and get through to the final of that. They haven't got any European football to worry about, so why not just play your best teams constantly every week? I see a lot of comments coming through. We're going to come to the comments as and when. Um, but, um, but yeah, we'll, uh, what are we on? Well, quarter bars. We'll come to the comments in a few moments. Um, in fact, we'll do it after the Norwich-Bournemouth game. Now, we talk about the goalkeeper situation a hell of a lot. As in, like, who should be number one for England? We talk about Pippa, we talk about Pope. Is it about time we start putting a bit of respect on Steve Cook's name? Steve Cook needs to be number one for England in the Euros. What a save! What a save! <laughs> it's a pure instinct moment. It was. It was <laughs> when you when you first when you first showed that uh, picture to me. I thought you like I said. I yeah, thought you photoshopped it because we're, 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 we're going to go gadget arm. We were at the Arsenal um, at the time. We went to watch, uh, watch watch Arsenal versus Sheffield United whilst the. The We Are The Fans TV boys, uh, Ed and Cam, um, they were doing a bit of filming at the Watford Spurs game. So we were out of the loop as to what was else happening. We were so focused on our game. And that comes through to the group. And I was like... What's that? That's <laughs> got to be bad, that's surely. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing is that, looking at that situation, is that Bournemouth are in what started as a rut and is now... Crisis. Fully considered, it's a crisis because you're in January. You need reinforcements. No one's no one's coming in by the looks of things. Like there are other players, other teams around them are doing business. Like Newcastle apparently getting a couple of loans in. Um, you know the the teams that they should be fighting with in mid table, and they're not. They're suddenly they're in the relegation zone. They're, they're bedded in the relegation zone, mm. and their their captain, you know, the club captain comes out and does something like that, and you know, to to do something like yeah, if it's the last minute of the game and it earns your team a point. 
like a crucial point, then yeah. But this is the team that's directly below you. They're adrift. Like if that gives Norwich a little bit of hope, and if you know, if Norwich are to stage like a very similar Watford situation and some sort of great escape, and you know a, a serious run of form where they're picking up points against big teams, like this could be the catalyst for Norwich. Whereas Bournemouth, it really sums up what's going on there at the moment. In fact, to have your captain do that, we can all sit there and laugh about it. But I tell you what, if if the captain in my club did that. I'll be livid. Well, I was livid at you know, bring up the championship. Calvin Phillips at the weekend. We're one 0 down. It's the last minute of the game. I'm now looking at the next few games. Like we're just not creating. We're not scoring enough goals. Calvin Phillips lunges in and suddenly finds himself with a three game ban. Yeah, and I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. fuming because as a captain, don't get me wrong. I love Calvin Phillips. Like, I deify him. But you know, to do that in that situation, it's just going to cost us more. Alex made a point yesterday about Dan James. Mm. With, with Mo Salah in the last second of the game oh if he was my player would, would you want him to wipe the player out and I say actually Dan James has done the sensible thing because if he wipes Mo Salah out you lose the game anyway and then you'll miss him for a few games and you put your team in a bigger hole than you're already in yeah. and Man United aren't in a hole don't get me wrong they've been probably a little bit more consistent than the teams around them at the moment which is funny because we'll talk about Man United a bit yeah. uh, we'll yeah. talk about because I really want to get on to it Timmy Puki's pen he's drilled it down the middle 1-0 if the goalkeeper stays there, is it? What, 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 there was, so there were a lot what, of pens. There were a lot of pens missed this weekend. Uh, Watford missed a penalty as well. Uh, Leeds missed a penalty to go one nil up. Thank you. Uh, uh, to uh, go one one. I was absolutely fuming. Um, penalties. I just think it's a case. It's it's not even a case. It's not it's not psychological. It's nothing. It's pure physics. If you smash the ball as hard as you can. A human being can't physically save it. People who try and roll penalties in or put them down the middle, I'm sorry, I just think you need shot and drop from the team. Yeah. I you want to be emphatic. That's I hate a lot of penalties. Yeah. We're talking about the best penalty takers of all time. People we like, were, no, what, was, what was it? Top five uh, penalties? My, my, you had a penalty issue, you had to save your life. My, who my, was your fo- my, first, my first penalty taker is Michael Ballack. It's the roof of the net every single time. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good night. Uh, my second penalty, penalty is going to be Milovojevic. Thank you, Milovojevic. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, but there's, other, there's other penalty takers that I would normally have in there. That's Troy Deeney. Cheers for the weekend. <laughs> Oh, and have Jamie Vardy. Cheers for the weekend. Yeah. And then Matt Letizia, of course. Um, Godfrey on Wilson. No attempt to get the ball or attempt to block it is it's a red card all day, yeah, isn't it? What The only good thing about that is the breakthrough moment in our the land of VAR, um, our very good friend of the top show, is the fact that he went to the screen to have a look because that's what VAR now said. Um... Anyway, um, so yeah, that's that. Um, can we go to Alex, Newcastle um, game? Can we go Alex, to Newcastle game? A load of comments. Yes. Read some comments. So, um, and this is where we should go. Like I say, we go to the Newcastle game. We go game. to the Newcastle game. Yeah, so we're going to go Newcastle 1, Chelsea 0. When, when uh, Greek was talking about your bomb five clubs, Carl... Yeah. Um, uh, Carl Clark has um, uh, come in and weighed in that he thinks that Newcastle that should be st- doing well to stay up this season. And the reason why he thinks that is because he, he was looking at a lot of stats and he's brought them up here that um, Newcastle ranked dead last in. And there's some of those stats are shots, shots on target, shots in the box, expected goals, expected goals, expected goals, expected goals. Expected goals. You love expected open. goals. Well, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't say I love expected goals. So well, well, I think expected goals. Aaron, no, we love expected goals. So, uh, to, to, get on, to, to get on You're track, what's, my, out of me. what's my first comment on there and what's the, what's, what's the, what's the, what's the, Question mark at the end. Uh, the manager, the Steve Bruce manager of the season. With a question mark. With a me- with the question with mark. A question like, mark. The, what I'm saying is about expected goals. Is it's not something that you can take as gospel, but it does. It's an underlying stat that shows you how well your team will perform, or is likely to perform, or not perform in the future. So this is a prime example: Juventus four years ago, I believe it was, and they were 
performing horribly when it came to their expected goals. Their expected goals, they should have been smashing teams week in, week out, but they weren't. And everyone was like, what's wrong with Juventus? What's wrong with Juventus? What happened? That eventually came back in. They started being a little bit more clinical in front of goal and they romped the league title. And there's been countless um, uh, uh, similar scenarios as that in the the past. Mm. That's where I think expected goals should be something we more looked at because Mm. it gives an underlying performance where you're not getting the results that you think but it could give a, give a clear indication of what's uh, to come. For example, Arsenal, during that unbeaten run under Emery, their expected goals for and against was all over the shop, right? Mm. And everyone was like, oh, you're on an unbeaten run. But look what happened. It, sent, it just regressed to the mean, and Arsenal started losing. It didn't win as many games. They looked more shaky, and people were like, well, what's wrong with Arsenal? It's because... Just the result. Emery, what, the whole time. What, what I'm saying, trying to say is the end result and the... You know, the uh, uh, initial stats that they put up on TV and that is not the whole story of the game. I think we can all agree with that, can't mm, we? Yeah. Really. But anyway, so uh, Carl Clark has put here that Newcastle are ranked dead last in a number of stats, and obviously Glenn, who's also uh, been a presenter of the show and is watching as well, uh, is basically course, trying to trying to argue his case here. Uh, you know, he's um, saying that you know they're twelfth in the league. That's the stat that all that matters. Which obviously I can I can totally understand that, Glenn. But as I said, if the uh, the stats are showing that Newcastle are being very fortunate at the moment. Does that mean that they're in for a heavy regression? They've got the same amount of points as Arsenal and Everton. So if people are going to sit there and talk about Newcastle should be involved in that relegation scrap of mine, then I'm sorry, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, if, if they are, this is something that I only said a few weeks back when Arsenal were only six points above the relegation zone. Are Arsenal in a relegation battle? And I would argue, yes, they are because of the number of points they are above the team in 18th. And that's not just saying it's, it's an Arsenal thing, it's the, team, it's, it's, it's the number of points that those teams are on. It was only mentioned after the coverage of the Newcastle-Chelsea game that Newcastle was still within a battle of relegation. And if they are, as you just said, they're on the same amount of points. So they're, six points, they're six points behind Man United, who are in fifth and are in Europa League spot. And they're seven points ahead of... Aston Villa, who were in the relegation zone. So there you go. Therefore, my example, Middlesbrough <laughs> got relegated a few years ago. They were playing some really, really top-quality football under Aitor Karanka. Yeah. They just didn't have a goal scorer. No, they, they were relegated didn't. because they couldn't. They, they had Rudy really Guestead. dead. They had really that, that, that's, that's and the they, guess who they still have? Rudy really really dead. There you go. Um, Willems um, and Dummett both out for the rest of the season. Um, if I'm honest, I didn't see the Dummett situation, but I did see the Willems one. How unfortunate is that and how much will that affect Newcastle? Well, it's affecting my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> the importance. Yeah, so uh, no, they've got Nabil Bentaleb apparently coming in on loan. And it's an interesting one. I like Bentaleb. Bentaleb's got a point to prove after leaving Tottenham and going to Schalke. But he was good at Spurs. Schalke dropped him to their under-23 team. So literally Schalke B, they transferred him to Schalke B team mm. because of disciplinary issues. Yeah, if he comes attitude. in, Steve Bruce, you know, he's, had a, he's got another crack at the whip in the Premier League, which is obviously, which is a better league than the Bundesliga. Yeah. And obviously Newcastle, I, I'd argue, would say they're, you know, as big a club, if not bigger than Schalke. They just don't, yeah. It's, it's that, you know, slaughter me for that Tom Lorenz as a Schalke fan. Um, <laughs> so, ooh, but yeah, it, for me, I think if Newcastle get business done and they just get the cover where they need it, 
Almer, I'm just just starting to find the net. Almer's just, just a little is. bit ticking in. Well, it's, it's clear, clear, as we said last week. Clearly, he's a confidence player, isn't he? Yeah. So he's like once once he's a little bit more confident. I suppose you could say that about most players, couldn't you? But him more so than others. I think Newcastle will be fine. I, yeah, I always put I it down. I always put it down to this. It's a case of not how bad is that team. It's the teams that are worse than them. Yeah. And the teams that are worse than them are those five that I've. I've yeah, I agree. So Chelsea, um, they peppered. They absolutely peppered the Bradka. And bear in mind, Bradka was picked up from a third tier in Slovenian football, Slovakian football. Um, so what a great find he was. Um, Tammy Abraham, Callum Hudson-Odoi amongst the attempts there. Just couldn't find find the net, any of them. But Arsenal legend Isaac Hayden um, with the with the goal at the death with a maximum cross as well, which was really, really tidy. Um, yeah, so Chelsea, I, I, I really didn't want... As a, Everyone knows I'm an Arsenal fan, but I, um, I didn't want Chelsea to lose this game because I feel that at home they are going to tear a new one out of Arsenal on Tuesday night. No, see, I, th- I, th- I feel oh, like I, very, so I disagree with that. I feel I like che- I feel like Chelsea will go at Arsenal, and I feel like that will suit what Arteta has got Arsenal doing to the team. I feel like teams are tucked in a little bit, so the teams that they've played haven't been particularly barnstorming teams. Arteta's, you know, he's not had great results in the league so far, no. but we were discussing this before the show. It's starting to look a little more comfortable, like they're having a little bit more of an understanding. The point, so don't want to drift, like, so just to close up on Chelsea and Newcastle, Lampard, people, you know, the fourth place is still up for grabs, 100%. Yeah. There's only five points in it. And I think Lampard, obviously, he's working wonders with the, with the squad that he's got there, and it is thinner on the ground than people realise. So as long as they stay injury free, I think Chelsea should be okay. But if Arsenal want any look in on that Champions League place they have to beat them on Tuesday night yeah. and I feel like it will be a much more interesting game than what people uh, people are saying oh Chelsea are going to roll them over absolutely not the case if Aubameyang's firing and Arsenal are firing Aubameyang's out he's got two more games of course he is yeah, yeah. Right, so, so um, yeah my, my boy Lacken's um, going to be just, uh, just quickly before we go on this is uh, you know we were talking about top five penalty takers nice little hard light hard here Carl, listen to Carl, uh, Carl's top five here so he's got here Ronaldo Pirlo, Which Matt one are we talking about? Are we talking about original R9? I don't know, he's just got Ronaldo. Uh, Matt Letizier, one we haven't mentioned, or it's two we haven't mentioned. He's got Cantona. Eric Cantona. <laughs> and uh, Mario Balotelli, um, in brackets and popular. If no one puts Joe Hart in their top five, then I don't want to hear about <laughs> Are you like Pickford? Pickford scored an absolute oh, wonder. What is it with right. anyone I do the show with? <laughs> we we just, just get so into the game. I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring little plinths. So therefore, if anyone wants to bang them, you know, just literally bang the plinth so that the camera stays still at all times. Anyway, there's a couple of games that I want to round up very, very quickly. Um, we did speak very briefly about um, about the Brighton Villa game. Um, I just want to wrap it up quickly. Um, Rainer started. Lovely. Well, 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 well welcome be, back. It's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial. Indeed. Um, Grealish. Um, Running the show, we spoke about Greenish earlier on today. Trossard got the opening goal, Brighton one 0 up, and then Greenish uh, made it made it one apiece. Um, both teams are in trouble, but I think I think Villa might stay up. I think I think Brighton will be fine as well. Um, West Ham one, Everton one. I call it the David Moyes derby. Um, big big game. Uh, Randolph back. Dal Randolph. Is, right. uh, yeah, it's um, it's back after. Well, they've got issues between the sticks as well, West Ham, and there was talk of Rayner going there as well. So, regardless, he was going to play and Blue. We spoke about it last week, and as Alex mentioned it, he literally just started put pen to paper um, <laughs> at Villa. So, West Ham could have had that man. 
but they, they, they didn't in the end. It's fine um, margins and it could come down to what happens at the end of the season. Like I said, I put West Ham in that group of teams at the bottom there and I've, I've said I think Villa will go down. I don't think they have enough. I think they've got too many injury problems. Mm. If it comes down to who has the better goalkeeper who's going to rescue them points, that could now actually swing it in Villa's favour because mm. he's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of experience. He's 36. He's as a goalkeeper. He was, I, I, I still say it. He's he got was, so many clean sheets in which... You can argue like going, oh yeah, you know, well the stats show there's got more clean sheets, but then I was thinking you know, Chris Kirk when you watch a lot of clean sheets. Exactly. Um yeah, so so is Scott Carson. You know, but are we gonna put those in the upper echelon? I'm no, we're not say about Scott Carson leaving Leeds, but so we're talking about it. Really? Um it's Diop got the header um, to make it one nil to West Ham. It was a nice little header. Um can I just take a moment and just talk about Robert Snodgrass again, please? Because Robert Snodgrass is with his absolute wonderful left peg was that who found uh, Issa Diop and I think everybody needs to start appreciating how good Robert Snodgrass is. You don't need to talk to a Leeds fan about appreciating Robert Snodgrass. <laughs> 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 he's yeah. I mean, I think he's, uh, he's one of those players that when when you're a supporter of a bigger club, you're like, Robert Snodgrass, oh, he's, he'll be quite rubbish, but they'll use a stronger word than rubbish. Yeah. But to quote, really, when you look at it, he's actually a decent player. To quote, he's a decent thank player. you, you mugged me off a couple of weeks ago. No, 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 we'll so go back to Spotify, Spotify game day 21 I'm pretty sure so to quote Lunacy <laughs> so consistently average it's almost impressive and that's the thing with well you are consistent it's, it's, depend, it's dependable he's one of them players that you know he's if West Ham go down, he won't go down with them. I mean, He'll stay in the Premier League. He's, he's, a, bit, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit like a knockout. I know, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, he's, he's Without a, the attitude. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's a Scottish international. So, I mean, I know, he's, he's I, know, a, I, know, I know most people does get... Does that mean much? I was going to say, you, any, if he's you've a very good Scottish grandmother, you could go play for Scotland. I'm sure they'd love you. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is... that is still great. That's such a random... I'm one. not Scottish. Yeah, the point was saying that. Yeah, that was a bit Scottish. Oh, I thought you had some like Scottish in you. No, 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 I was just saying the point. My, was, my, my, my last name's Irish background, by the way. It was it was a Spanish uh, island. Yeah. Anyway, it was, um, it was a bad attempt at a joke. Basically, um, yeah, and then I talk about slavery. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Um, Everton, they did bring one back. Well, they bring it back. They bought it back. Um, DLC, I like to call him Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, which is. Deserves an England It's actually DCL. DCL, um, yeah. Not DLC. DCL oh, Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, I've just insulted the fans. He deserves an England call Does he? Yes, he does. Right. Yeah, okay. we've so, had. We've, it, would you like me to back it up? Yeah, I, I've, I've mentioned. But this season. Yeah, particularly. So, that's also so what he did. I've got the actual. the winning goal um, for the England in the 20s. No, I've got the actual statistics for you. So he's got more goals than Firmino and Martial. He's got the exact same as Gabriel Jesus. He's got two less than Mane, Salah, Kane, and Sterling with less minutes. So, yes, so now Kane, now Kane is out. You've got to look at it like this. If Jamie, so yes, if that if Jamie Vardy doesn't answer his phone, which I don't think he should, I think he should stay he's not going to answer the phone. No, so it is going to be so at the moment. If, if Rashford's back in, I, I still think Rashford, apparently Rashford is uh, potentially sideline for Euros as well. Well, so you have to be looking at players. So, so, so Danny Ings has to be leading the line as it goes but then Dominic Calvert-Lewin absolutely why not as, yeah. a, as a plan B he's a, him and Tammy Abraham I see is very very similar profile and I take all well, three of them lot, they're, they're tall um, they're, rangy they're, 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 yes that's it rangy they don't look like as if they've got they're, they're, they're stocky but they're strong athletic they're all presence still players they? yeah and they're 
they're both what I'd say both of them are at least six two, six three maybe. He's been stepping which, up um, for a striker. That's good because he's been he's been, ste- he's been stepping up. up. Since before Ancelotti came in, he's, he's had a great season. Ancelotti has steadied the ship, and now they they're going. Everything's going through him. So Richardson, they're not relying on Richardson for goals anymore. It's now Dominic Calvert-Lewin's put his foot down and said, "Right, I'm going to be the number nine here." But they're both scoring goals together, which yeah, is great. Just, not in this game in particular, but you see, like when with Newcastle a few years back when they had Papi Cissé and Denver Bar. One half of the season was Denver Bar. The following, uh, the second half of the season Charles was Charles Seven. Where these two, they're actually getting goals together. Can I just ask? Uh, he's definitely scored more goals than Lacazette as well, hasn't he? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think Lacazette's got yeah. eight. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to. Know. He's got six in all competitions. Five goals in the Premier League. But his hold up play and his leadership is absolutely fantastic. Um, so um, Arsenal won. Sheffield United won. Um, we'll talk about that very briefly. Um, it was it was Lacazette who was wearing the captain's armband, leading by example. Uh, Martinelli got the goal just before half time, and um, it was John Fleck who scored with six minutes to go of normal time. Pepe should have had a penalty, man. Um, all right, yeah, uh, we we obviously I'm sure those who saw Gav's uh, stories and the top top stories over the weekend saw that we oh, were at the game for me. Oh, uh, good boys. <laughs> Uh, saw that we went to the game and um, the first 10 minutes Sheffield United were the, clearly the better team they, ragged. They, they, absolutely ragged they started the set game off and Chrissy Wilder had them prepared however as the, long, the, as the game went on and the half went on Arsenal started to in, 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 in influence the game more and more mm-hmm. and ended up being quite superior yeah, which was reflected of the world yeah, which was reflected in them taking the lead uh, and for the start of the second half and then uh, it, that carried on the pattern of play was established Arsenal were dominant in the ball they were being threatening without really threatening if that makes a sense so it was a case of you know when you go on your bet and it's like dangerous attack goal kick Oh yeah, that, that's what it was like. What I used to do United that sort do. of stuff with junior sports, but I mugged them off. What Sheffield United do is they tend to sit <laughs> off teams and they allow teams to play the ball around the back. It can be quite deceiving. So that may have looked like Arsenal had an element of control, particularly via the back four, which obviously I've been really critical of for Arsenal this season. But I feel like they play a dangerous game, Sheffield, when they do that. So they allow teams to have the ball in the middle third, particularly, and then they try and hit teams going forward. So mm. it, it, you know their energy period is clearly the first ten minutes of a game. Like, they can't sustain it. For a long period of time. But the, 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 here, so the, the pleasing it, thing... It's called bookending. Yeah, so yeah. the pleasing thing is, let's say, the bookending, of the set, for the last 10 minutes, Sheffield United were clearly the better team. Obviously, yeah. they were one and nil down. Of the they, they were 1-0 down, and they were obviously pushing to get that. And as you say, they were writing to uh, get the equaliser. Both managers in, the press con- in their post-match interview after the game pretty much agreed with each other that Arsenal were more dominant. However, you know without really threatening the second goal. And that is Arsenal's problem, I think, right now, is... if The first three looking better in the midfield, they're looking stronger, but no end product. Yes, it's, it's a fact that they, they, they look like they can attack, but without really scoring them, without Aubameyang in the side, where the goal, where really the goal's going to come from. Well, and funnily enough, today, and before you cut in, Gavin, start going absolutely crazy, a particular <laughs> striker across the pond has handed in a transfer request. And apparently he's available for as little as £8 million. And this man has scored goals wherever he's been. And that man is Patrick Bam. I'm joking. It's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Edinson, it's Edinson Cavani. It's who? Edinson Cavani. Thank you very much for watching and good night. <laughs> and as he left Palermo in 2011 for uh, pastures and I, I, Napoli. I, I, I literally, like, the, way, the way he left Palermo, man, like, it's just, nah. I don't care. I don't care. It's almost ten years no, ago. No, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in mourning. And that's fine. 
and that's fine. So I, I, you know, if that's if you want to be rose tinted, Gav, that's fine. But Arsenal need a striker who can score goals. <laughs> Sammy Leto did it with Chelsea. He cussed Chelsea out as a Barcelona player. So who are Chelsea? They're nothing. They're nobodies. He went to Chelsea. He won, you know, he, he didn't cuss Arsenal out though, Cavani. No, that's what I'm saying. But this is Berta. I'm not saying. That's how much I know him. He left Palermo, and I'm not. No, no disrespect. No disrespect to Palermo. Gav lost his edit. No disrespect. No disrespect to Palermo. But you know, at that point, there were a bit of a feeder club for some of the bigger Italian clubs. You know, players like Javier Pastore were there. Simon Kier was there. So obviously, you look at like sorry. So you look at you look at players like Cavani. But maybe he left at the right time. The only person that was really. Was, was McKinley, man. I don't know how much I don't know how much Cavani went for, but had they reinvested the money, Gav maybe a little. There wasn't. They didn't go for any money. No, they, that's probably why. That's the issue. There. Therefore, but and he was in contract. That's when they still had that, the co-ownership thing going so on. So point being made, Cavani's available for eight million pounds. We talk about great strikers slipping through the net. Manchester United, and I've written here, they are ruining letting Haaland go. We don't need to talk about what happened at the weekend with Haaland. Everybody knows about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Leeds, on the top page already. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds could have signed Haaland a couple of years ago. We missed the chance to do it. And everyone was saying it then at Leeds. like He wants to play for Leeds United because he's born in Leeds. He's a Leeds fan. All this business, blah, blah, blah. He goes to Salzburg, rips up the, you know, rips up the, the record book. He goes to Dortmund, scores a hat trick in twenty minutes, and he looks the part. And he's a he actually looked like he'd been playing all season for is, Dortmund as well. He looks like that. In he's a literal. Away. He's a li- he's a he's a boy. He's a child. And it, no, that's not patronising. But like the guy is the guy's untapped potential, and he's gone to Dortmund. And you know, if he does move on from Dortmund, well, the it's, 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 it's the Bayern Munich feeder club. Posing, posing the question about would Cavani make a good striker in the Premier Premier League? Go and uh, there's a couple of comments come back. Carl Clark has said uh, Again. can't help but think about Falcao when you mentioned. Uh, Cavani when he came into the Premier League same situation um, goals everywhere Premier League is the graveyard of strikers particularly Chelsea <laughs> but players yeah. like Shevchenko Shevchenko Mutu Mutu players who score goals their whole career Kesman Fernando Torres so players, oh. who, players who have scored goals everywhere they've been they then come to the Premier League it's uniquely difficult the Premier League particularly mm. without that winter break we passed so called winter breaks now Cavani comes to the Premier League you're going to get got. it's the same as Ibrahimovic I find yeah. he's I, I don't think it's I think it's a calculated gamble eight million pounds for a club like Arsenal shouldn't, eight million is I, eight pennies in nowadays I've seen players like Andre Gray go to Watford for 18 million and Andre Gray's being touted to Leeds United we're going to have to pay a 2 million loan fee and then 12 at the end of the season no and this is the point I'm making so they're like yeah, go get Kamani he's on a lot of money a week he's on like about 350, 400k a week he wants, well, he's, he's not going to be on that on his next contract and he well, knows yeah, it yeah, well, so if Arsenal yeah. come in he can't go to China with it because they've got a cap on it now. Come so now, it's yeah. very, if Arsenal very come difficult. in and offer him, you know, whatever money is on the table, and Arsenal can be competitive, and it, you know, you get a couple of seasons out of him, you know, until you bring like Martin. It looks to me like Martinelli may be the player that's going to step up in the next year or two. And I hope for your sake, what a boy! What a boy! And Ketia potentially. Like, I love little Eddie. I was there for his debut. Arsenal, the fact is, Arsenal need a striker. Eight um, million pounds. Go and get a striker. Rico. Uh, oh, my little brother. He came uh, out, I saw my younger brother. He's, he's basically now. said uh, he, he doesn't around. think Cavani would be because obviously he's 33. Says he's going to be 33 next month. My thoughts yeah, on the matter is, I I wouldn't personally go for Cavani because. Uh, he's not the kind of player or profile that we should be looking at at this stage. We it's, need not, to be it's, not about, it's not about who. Um, I'll just look at Cavani. He scores a lot of goals, yes. It's a very short a lot of chances in order to score one he's, goal. He's not clinical enough. I think it's a... For the number of shots he has in comparison to the goals he scores, he's not clinical enough. And to, well, to kind of piggyback off what Gav's saying, in a not piggyback off kind of way, I think it's a very short-term sighting, uh, a signing, and I don't think that's what Arsenal need. Arsenal need to be looking at the longer term 
because if you if you cut it, if you look at the short term, then your long term is just that's what they've been doing for the last four or five years, and it's the only snowballing where they we're are not in right the summer. now. We're in January, yeah. And you need so a striker. You, where, I, you, I would, where, where, where else are you going to get a striker? Well, Albamian's going to be back in two games time, and he's he's already he's already acclimatized. He's, he's already acclimatized to Premier League, I'm so I would not be so going after Cavani. I'm just throwing this out there. If you, I mean, and it's not a case of oh, we can hold up to a summer. You can't hold up to a summer. If you want Champions League, you go now. You go right now. I, you, you, you get, if, if I, so this is the problem with Arsenal when years gone by, and in the last ten years particularly, is that they're the nearly men of the transfer market. We nearly signed this player. We nearly signed that player. We've oh God, this. the nearly eleven slash twenty five. It's it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing, and it's not me cussing Arsenal because I want look, Arsenal were almost everyone's sort of not second team, but like you know second team coming in the last sort of 10, 15 years or so because of the football they've played. You know, I, I want Arsenal to do well. Not that their fans aren't insufferable. I love you guys so much. But like, <laughs> the point is, it's not point I'm making. In the summer, I'd say the exact same thing. I'd say, yeah, why would you go and waste money on Cavani? Or like, even if you got him on a free, I'd say, you know, you know, for a couple of years, for that phenomenal amount of money, is his goal return going to be that great for someone who, you know, is looking towards the end of their career? Are they really going to be up for the fight? You want to be looking at players like a Haaland. Dortmund have gone and signed Haaland in January. So, yeah, Salzburg have just been eliminated from the Champions League. So they've, they've managed to go and get him. Mm. If he was available, why weren't the clubs in the Premier League coming? Because I'd argue that... I, I think the reason why people weren't really going for Haaland, we saw what was done in the Champions League and everyone can appreciate that. But, end of the day, if you're putting up like the top 10 leagues in Europe, is the Austrian Premier League on that list? It doesn't list? matter. Look at what no, I agree, I agree. But I agree, I, I, I fully understand that. But then when you're looking at it like that, you can look at a natural talent. That last week, in the FA Cup replay, Tottenham versus Middlesbrough. Everyone bangs on about how La Celso has been terrible or whatever. I watched him against against Middlesbrough. Underrated. The guy. Like, I, I've already seen him anyway from from, from like his, his time in Spain. But like trying to adapt to English football, the, the, the pace, the, the physicality, you know, everything that's involved in playing football in England... But it, just the little touches, the way he's bringing the ball down, the way he's looking up and feeding and things like that. It doesn't matter who your opposition is. You've either got it or you ain't. And I think that is the case with Haaland. I fully agree. But if you are looking at how many goals to games and things like that, the basic stats that a lot of pundits look at that don't sit there and actually eat football the way that we do. I'm not trying to say that we're better than pundits... You know, we're we're just we're just lovers of the football and lovers of the game. We all know this, but with I've got Sky Sports and BT at home. Uh, I've got access to you know a multitude of sports channels. So Everything's I'm able to available watch. on YouTube these days. Able, yeah, but yeah, but you know, beyond YouTube, because that's what will happen. You'll you'll watch Sky Sports or watch um not not Sky Sports. Sky Sports are really good actually, to be fair. But you'll listen to alternative um, podcasts and. Um, radio shows and whatever and they'll talk about a player but like, oh yeah I saw him in the Champions League once and it's like well yeah, you need to make your point I'm, I'm making my point yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is what, what what is happening is that people aren't looking at the, the end goal and what how good a player particularly is they, they'll look at Haaland as I said before of oh it's uh, he plays in the Austrian Prem how's he going to be any good they're not actually looking at how good the actual striker is this is the problem. So, like, I, I, so Marcus Rashford's debut for Man United a few years back, and it wasn't a case of the fact that you know he scored goals in the first few games. And I've said this is that so people who say that Marcus Rashford isn't good enough don't know what they're talking about because Marcus Rashford 
is a fantastic Premier League player and he'll go on to be an all-time Premier League great More leader. goals and assists than a multitude of players. Massively. At his, at and this is what I find frustrating. Is that, like, I'm not a, you know, I don't support a Premier League team, I support Leeds United. Like, so we're not involved in these conversations anymore, like big players coming to the club or anything. That's like what we're about next season. Hopefully so. So I look at a player like Haaland <coughs> and, and I find it baffling that a team like, you know, so Tottenham have Harry Kane, Manchester United have Marcus Rashford, like Chelsea have Tammy Abraham, who's doing really, really well. But teams like you know Arsenal are, are you know sorry, Gav Lacazette is not good enough. If Aubameyang is injured for the rest of the season, you know, and this is the point I'm making. Mean, no, he's he's not, Gav. He's not good enough. It's it's not it's not about goals, but like you know, he's if he casts himself as a striker, he doesn't do enough. He doesn't assist enough. He doesn't score enough. He's, they can't keep relying on Aubameyang because without Aubameyang, Arsenal are something like ten to fifteen points worse off. So um, here's the other thing as well: certain players don't suit certain leagues, and I don't think Lacazette is his skill set is suited to the Premier League because as we saw at the weekend Sheff- the Bundesliga. Sheffield United the defenders they just ate him alive yeah. they had him in their back pocket he can't, he can't, because he can't he's, he's he can't not play physical enough he can't play the enough. physical enough he's not I he's disagree with that bit quick enough bit I hang agree on, with that stop. he's not quick enough he, he's not good enough on the shoulder of the last and the thing yeah. is like, again I'm you know I'm just he's not good enough in the pocket either he's not good enough in the half space he's not good enough in the false nine I just don't see what Lacazette does and I don't know whether it's Arsenal's system or whether it's just Arsenal themselves whether the they've deployed him or the players that are around him but the rest of Arsenal are sort, they're like a car engine starting up and it's just starting to get going and I feel like he's just this this. it's just there he's like he's like the air freshener from the old car and he's just still there and it's like as long as it smells good that's the main thing one good person who is good in the pocket is Pat Mahomes by the way <laughs> and, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl going to Miami <laughs> woo anyway uh, right so there's two Quick games that go and get Cavani. If Arsenal want to challenge for the Champions League, go and get Cavani. That's the, the point. I'm there's making. two games we need to talk about very quickly because we haven't spoken about the main game from yesterday. Um, so Southampton two, Wolves three. Um, prior to the start, four wins and one draw in the last five games for Southampton. So you're thinking, hold on a minute, you're looking all right. Two 0 up, looking cool. But who scored the first goal for Southampton? Bednarik. What happened last? Lovely finish. It was, it was, it was yeah. nice, nice way that he was able to sort of. Um, back up, good, good, good footwork to be able to give him the room, and then a nice little finish into the top corner there, wasn't it? It was lovely. However, I must say, Benaret last time he scored made Southampton go two 0 uh, uh, It was part of a, a Southampton leading two 0 and what happened that time? They lost three two. So anytime Benaret scores, Southampton fans just turn the telly off. Don't bother watching the rest That's of the game. Wolf's you already back. know what's going to happen when Ben Derek That's Wolf's back. second 3-2 fight back this season. Wolves, yeah. So start of the season, we, we I asked the question, who's going to break into the top four potentially? Leicester, Wolves or Everton? Wolves have come back from absolutely nowhere. They were down and out. They, you know, they started their season in July, June last year. It was gutting, after my birthday. gutting for them. And they had a really bad start to the season. I put here, the top four is still on. Chelsea yeah. losing yesterday to Newcastle <laughs> is, is evidence of that Wolves will be will be desperate for an Arsenal victory desperate and then I feel that Wolves can get at least a draw against Liverpool on Thursday we can all hope we can all hope um, ideally a win um, silly foul by Adama Traore um, on the halfway line near the halfway line and that was the free kick that whipped in for Ben Direct to, um, to bag um, and then they, yeah turn it up with, with Shane Long Troy's Troy's having a great season. That was a lovely header by Shane Long, by the way. Shane, Again, Shane. It, was a, it was a nice move. It was a nice move. They worked it nicely through the middle of the park, got it out wide, old-fashioned style football, lovely whipped in cross. I mm. didn't know who it was by. 
Um, but uh, Shane Long, oh, just coming off the uh, sort of ghosted into the box and lovely, uh, was it near close, yeah, yeah, near close header into the into, and it was experienced striker. Yeah, yeah, that's well, the thing, like, the problem is with Shane Long, he just doesn't do it enough. Those players, like it's like Burnley, they're over reliance on their you know their big bullshit strikers, like you know your Chris Woods of the world, and like in years gone by, like Sam Vokes and players like that know what you're good at. They they they're doing it well. That's what Hasselman has done. I said this the other week since he's changed the system. We, like we do like oh, we all uh, no, we all liked him. Put a bit of respect yeah. on his name. Like I say, like you know they were down and out. They they stuck with they stuck with him and he's and he's dragged them out. Yeah. Similar situation to what's going on at Watford. They're yeah. playing to their strengths. Yeah. Um, right. So it all changed. Yeah. After half time, um, it was Torres cross found Neto. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Good value that was. Um, two one, and then um, Stevenson Cedric. Uh, Stevenson Cedric on Johnny. Um, corner given initially, and then went to VAR. Our good old pal. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it should have been a penalty in the first place? Uh, uh, the right decision was yes, yeah, the right, right decision was. Uh, I would argue, what was the referee thinking when he when that was going? Why would he? Why was he not thinking that was a penalty? Because the guy's just got scissored. The it's just a sandwich. The thing I fear at the minute, and it's a very very similar situation to like you know you look at like the Pepe situation in the Arsenal game. Like anything that happens in the box now is is just automatically going to VAR. So. There, there are a couple of handballs I've seen this year where players haven't even really argued it because they know it's coming back. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's any, you know, any goal is automatically VAR. Uh, any, any offside in the final third is automatically VAR. Mm-hmm. And like Liverpool's chance with Wijnaldum yesterday was marginally. We're coming into that. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is that like we're coming out with four. It has made. It has, that. So when it has made the right decision, no one says a word. But when it doesn't make the right decision after three minutes of debate, then suddenly it gets dragged through the mud. VAR, for the most part, I think this season has done its job. There was a table, of, you know, we spoke about this the other week, and you know, Arsenal were, you know, they're seven points worse off, or nine points now than they should be, given VAR making wrong or correct decisions. If you actually look at it, if yeah. you look at anything for long enough, there is always something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but well, that's the issue. Right. I think VAR should be there to assist, not to make. I think if that makes the sense. VAR, I don't think they should even say anything now. I think they should just say that to the referee, go to the pitch side monitor, and they should. Well, they do everywhere else. Yeah. In your, the issue is there was one situation during the week in the Coppa Italia. It was AC Milan versus Spal. It was never a handball anyway. It was like it's, 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 he turned his body away from the ball. His arms were by his side in a natural position, and shook his arm. Referee gave a penalty. The ball was on the spot. The Spal players ready to take the penalty. The, the referee stood on the on on like in line with the penalty spot, ready. Three minutes it took, and then he still went to the screen. And then the goal was disallowed. And like, yes, uh, the, the goal, sorry, the penalty was, was was chalked off. But even though it was the right decision, that's too long. Because no one knows what's going on. The players stood there waiting to take the penalty. The the AC Milan players have stood there going, what's going on? And the referee's like, go away, go away, go away. It shouldn't take that long to make decisions. If it's not clear and obvious, it should be done in 10 I still, I still stand by it. Do a challenge system where teams are advised to make challenges and make the referees mic it up. One, it will stop dissent in the Premier League, which I'm sorry, David De Gea, so Man United. David De Gea should, like, got yellow carded, but if, if anyone gets in the referee's face like that on a Saturday or a Sunday up and down the country, you're immediately sent off. And De Gea, someone argued rightfully so, was angry because he thinks he was fouled by Van Dyke, which he wasn't. Um, um, but the point being made 
you know, if they mic up the ref, we, we should be able to hear it. I'm sorry, like, it, 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 it's just... I think there's just too much um, effing and jeffing. It's not a gentlemanly sport enough like how rugby is, um, unlucky Saracens. Um, Raul, uh, Raul Jimenez scored the penalty to make it. By the way, I would, you talk about strikes for Arsenal, I would be looking at Raul Jimenez. For the, for the future, 100%. And for the future? Ex- so, no. Um, no, going to sign him in January. No, Never gonna no, happen. No, no, no. Go and get Cavani for eight million. Silly, hey. um, <laughs> um, Nathan Redmond, um, youthful Nathan Redmond. Um, <laughs> you know, he's twenty six next month. I still, he's got the same hairline as Alan Hoffman. It weirds me out that it's only twenty. Bro, that's cool. I love that because like podcast people will be like. What's Alex Osborne? Oh, um, and now you know oh. his name is Alex Osborne, and he's tagged in on everything as well. So we have to actually actually have a look at him. Um, Torres strength. Jimenez, bam, three two, love it. Um, so yeah, that was that. Um, Palace two, sorry, City two, Palace two. Um, whilst it was still nil nil, um, that lad who plays for Palace, uh, not Palace for Man City, the uh, the. Y- youngish lad, ginger lad. Oh, the ginger lad. Um, where's number seventeen? Kevin something. Oh, De- oh, De Bruyne. The good one. Yeah. The good one. Yeah. What a free kick. He's a bit good. He's a bit good. Um, yeah, he-, he loved it. Um, but yeah, didn't score. Unlucky. Stones on Zaha. Now that went to VAR after it was no penalty given, and then once they looked at VAR, still no penalty. It's, it's always going to be down to an individual, isn't it? And I just think if you put the... And that's the thing with referees. Referees in charge of the game, again, I reiterate, we don't need to go into this. Don't need to waste time on it. Just say to the referee, we think there's a foul you know, on Zaha. Go and have a look at the pitch on monitor and make the decision yourself. It's not their decision to make. Undermining the referees. How would you feel as a, as a, as a referee on Saturdays and Sundays, like almost professional level referee, having been there in the past, how would you feel if someone had undermined you in that way? Oh, I used to hate it. I used to go in my pre-match and say to my assistant referees, let me have first bite of the cherry. Yeah. I don't want to be like cutting the grass going, no penalty, no penalty. My assistant referees going, ah, yeah, it's a penalty. Oh, I used to hate that. Yeah. I absolutely hate so that. So these guys are going from someone who's not even at yeah. the game live. Yeah, yeah so what, what I believe is the system uh, elsewhere is obviously they go to the onside uh, monitor because someone in the, in, in the control room has gone, okay, I think you should look, you at, should look at this uh, uh, situation again. And with this evidence, would you want to overturn it? Or we should think you should have a look at it anyway. And at least that way, they're making them aware of the situation, but it's still with the decision of the referee at the end of the day. Because then they can, because they'll, they'll be quite happy to, oh, I've got that one wrong, let's rectify that, and we can make a new, I can give so a new decision. So the point is, is that they should look at the evidence together. The ref should go to the pitch side monitor if they're looking at it. So if they say, right, we need to pull this back and have a look at it, you should go. They should then explain their, their theory behind what's going on to the referee in real time so the referee can speak to them about it instead of them just I don't going, like this slow down look at yeah. that. Or what you should say to the fourth official, because it's not being funny, fourth official's job isn't really a great deal, is to manage both benches. The benches in professional football, they look after themselves, they might have a little flare up, but, yeah, you know, the four officials there for that. The rest of the time, stood there, getting cold. Four official, at the game, there you are, monitor in front of you. You stand here and look at both benches. Why not? Yeah. They might touch to everybody else. So, I don't know. Um, Riedervald, who I love at left back for, uh, for Palace, uh, that's a lie, by the way. Um, he, he handballed it, but did he? And for me, I think VAR got that decision correct as yeah. well. He's gone to clear it, he's hit his arm as he's clearing it, 
How's he meant to know that's going to hit his arm? Penalty because ah yeah. Um, Jesus to Aguero, bam, one apiece on the 82nd minute. Couple of minutes later, Mendy lovely cross header, Bosch two one. It's game over, isn't it? Yeah. But, but Palace have been Palace, Palace have been spirited all season, and, and Roy Hodgson. Like I, you know, I'm not a Roy Hodgson fan. I didn't like him for England at the time. I, I've never really. It was thought, never an England. He never, no, he never. He never. You know, he never. He never cut the mustard at a team like Liverpool. Palace is his level, and he's got those boys performing, and they're having a good season. So I'm sitting here talking about Steve Bruce being manager of the season. You know, obviously you look at like Klopp, Guardiola. The, the job. I know Lampard's not having a great run of form at the moment, like particularly the last ten games for Chelsea. But like Lampard's done done a wonderful job at Chelsea. But people forgetting how good he's doing and what sort of team, like player wise, he hasn't really added that much to the squad. He's got Conor Wickham scoring goals. Conor Wickham, he's still alive. <laughs> um, so finish. Carl, okay, uh, going back to the VAR, Carl's put here an interesting thought that I don't think we've mentioned before. But he goes, "What does the fourth official do? Why not stick him next to the monitor? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so, yeah, let so him the make the decisions, or certainly uh, influence." So yeah, so the, so the role of the fourth official is there to manage the benches. That's what they're there for. In in once you once you're at like a um, well anything further down than the conference national, your senior assistant referee will manage both benches, watch look out for all the substitutions and things like that. In once you get to conference national and above in the UK anyway, of course, the fourth official is there to manage both benches, organise substitutions, etc. If the players, if the if the if the benches want to come to any like, discussion with the match official in the middle, they will speak to the fourth official. One other thing as well is that the referee, uh, sorry, the fourth official is the same level as the referee. So if there's an injury, the fourth official will then step in to the referee's spot in, yeah. rather than an assistant referee. They're not at the same level. It doesn't mean they're not as good. Yeah. It's just that once you get to a certain it's level... Experience, isn't it? You, well, no, it's not well, even you, that. Once you you say it all the time, level, the fourth official is always a referee uh, that's been refed in another Premier League no, like the week what, before. When you get to a certain level, you have a choice whether you want to go down the assistant referee route or a referee route. But if you go back and listen to a show that we have with James Campbell, we'd be able to explain that all. Fernandinho, he got the own goal. And there was never no negative by it. No, 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 it was just great play from Zaha. Yeah. Was. I, I th- prior to that, I think it's great play from James McCarthy because that ball, he had no right to win that, and he was dogged, and he got there, and he made the chops, and then found Zaha. Would you take Zaha in the summer? Arsenal. Oh, no. Where Not for he, the money that is. He's Zaha. too good for Palace, but where is he good enough for? Oh, no, he's definitely good. He's good. He's good enough for Arsenal, but as Gav says, the money that they would want, I would want that scene invested in other areas. Um, mm. And there's a player who play. There's a certain player who's playing for Aston Villa who I think is needed at the Emirates more so than there's that. a player at Ellen Road. Uh, no, no Codger's left. Codger just left. If Leeds don't go, if Leeds, no, I'm thinking if, of Wesley. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Leeds if 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 Leeds don't go up, then there's a player at Ellen Road that I'd be happy to send you away because I know it'd be in good hands. And uh, that's Calvin. That's Calvin Phillips. Yeah, so. having seen him first hand now, you can. Yeah. Well, I've seen him first hand. Well, you see him every week. I've seen him about uh, six or seven times. Let's just not, not, not talk about. Let's just not talk about the red card. Funnily enough, talk about transfer target. Glenn here says, if you haven't been linked with Inter Milan this transfer window, are you even a professional footballer? Oh God, so true, so so true. They're literally sending people there. I think Fellaini's going back there. Why not? No, no, no. He's got to go to West Ham now because because thing is there. Right, last game. 
I never say this until it's done as being a Leeds fan but the title race is over that's it it's finished yeah, yeah it's oh yeah yeah so yeah forgot about that game because it was that poor um, Watford nil Spurs nil a, a great result for Watford but it just wasn't a very good game of football um, the only good things in that game were well I Talking points, I would say, are Deanley's penalty miss. He was always a pen for me. Um, like handball by uh, Tolin, and he got a yellow card, rightfully so. Watford contained Tottenham's threat the whole game. And the uh, clearance of the line by their new signing. Watford are organised under Pierce. And his very first touch as well. Watford tw- tweeted out after the game about not bad first touch for... Oh, yeah, uh, take it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Watford are much more organised under Pearson, and it's mm. so... I've not included them in the drop five that I've got here. Yeah, no, I've noticed that. No, because right, yeah. so the the points rate that they're picking up at the moment is more than capable of mid table, and I think they're going to be all right. I think mm. they're going to pick up another fifteen to twenty points for the rest of the season, and I think they'll be safe. Yeah, yeah. Be good. I mean, well, how many points are they on? What mid twenty? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. If they pick up fifteen points, that's thirty eight points. Yeah, so I think that's survive with thirty eight. I think I can't see. I can't think Norwich, Bournemouth, or Villa getting thirty eight points. I just can't. There you go. But, Bournemouth, no. I think Bournemouth will finish bottom. I think Norwich have enough force and strike power to get them over the line. I think Bournemouth, with their injuries, I think they're done. Don't know, don't know, don't know. in these streets. Right, so uh, Liverpool two, uh, Manchester United nil. Could have been ten. It should have been. Um, what was that on the corners? Um, so, um, <laughs> oh, <don't>. oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Point, that, 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 that was, was a low blow. I had a decent cash out halfway through the day for 20 quid, and I had Liverpool had eight corners at half time. We had Liverpool over 12 corners. Five minutes into the second half, they had 11 corners. And, great, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70, yeah, that, that was it. 70, 70, 70 quid in my pocket. Yeah. Fantastic. Guess what? F- finished on 11 finished corners. On 11 corners yeah. Right, so um, Liverpool, they went at it in the first few didn't they and they were wasteful controlled game from uh, so the if I'm going to I'm going to try and be negative about it I want Liverpool to win the title because they're a great side and they you are wanted them to win it last year as well didn't I they? did want them to win it last year yeah um, they're, a, they're a great side they'll find everything they need um, they were wasteful they kept Man United in the game and they gave Man United hope and respect to Man United for going at them uh, no respect for being as wasteful as they were. People, I love Martial. I think Martial's a great player, and I think he's got so again like more potential than what people realise. He's got you know the keys to the kingdom for I said about the Henri shirt. Do you know what I mean for for France and yeah. to miss the chance that he missed on the half volley in the second half was, is disgraceful. Yeah, and it's, so there's a there's, well. there's a there's a video that's come out of Gary Neville hitting the table. At the, the commentary table, oh, obviously really? sat next to Jamie Carragher, and I, I'm the exact same every weekend for my team. Like, like, <laughs> you miss chances like that against Liverpool because you know, again, like Liverpool, like, like a couple of goals got chalked out. They created so yeah, many chances, yeah, let's, let's but they didn't. They, they didn't get out of second gear. So, well, the first goal I came think, from a corner. I think we know this is what Liverpool do. Like all the great teams do, they blitz teams for a 10, 20 minute period, and they'll periods. score. And they'll score what one goal, at least one goal. I remember the Invincible, Arsenal Invincibles team, they used to do that every game, it seemed like. For the first 20 minutes, they'd blitz a team, they'd be 2 or 3 nil up, and they'd just coast for the rest of the game because they could manage it from there. And that's what Liverpool do, don't they? They, they the blitz with teams, Liverpool yesterday is that but they were only 1 nil up. Yes, so that, that was it. They, yesterday, they didn't quite go to plan because they had a couple of goals ro- chalked out. One, we all right, agree, right, yeah, let, chalked let, out let, right let's, let's start from the beginning. So um, the corner came in from the first goal, uh, which stood, and uh, Van Dijk. 
defended. Well, like defended on this, this caused a debate, didn't it? Whether not it was a debate, or, or man mark. It was so it was a combination of the two, which yeah. is worse than picking one or the other. So I, I, can we just take a minute for the death of zonal marking? Thank you, Fernando. <laughs> Right, so <laughs> they've, gone, they've gone completely zonal and they've targeted Van Dyke as the man to mark. So they've tried to mark him by using Brandon Williams, who's a, a child, bless him, and he's had a really good season. Yeah, and he's got bite yeah. about him. Definitely, you definitely a lot of potential. You can't ask, you can't ask, you know, a kid who's barely made his debut to mark the best defender on the planet. Do you know what I mean? And it's not. There's no two questions about that. He is the best defender on the planet. Right now, there is. Right, there's no one better. In terms of in front of goal as well. The the point it zonal marking is it's terrible. terrible. Thank yeah. you, Carl. Um, yeah, zonal marking it should never be a thing. Never. It, it comes around. It comes around in phases. We spoke about this yesterday. Like mid two thousands, it was really popular because they had the players that could do it. The, the commanding players like your Terry's and Carvalho's, Vidic, Ferdinand, players like that. You know, Sol Campbell even so yeah. to a degree back in the day. But you go man for man, then it's that man's responsibility to mark the players. Particularly said it about the traffic lights if a car's standing standing start at traffic lights that's zonal marking yeah the car that's coming in like like towards the grip towards the, the amber light whilst moving in second gear is obviously going to be faster off the mark they've got momentum yeah. so why are you trying to zonal mark against players like Virgil van Dijk I find it baffling yeah, yeah that's saying as I said to you so the only thing I can think of is that the coaches all the statistical analysis that teams have now the data analysis that they have in their clubs that they must see that the stats bear out that zonal marking is better and concedes less goal on average than man marking. That's I the only thing. Because otherwise, why would well, the coach that? The reason is that. The only other argument I would say is that Liverpool are actually poor from their set piece delivery yesterday, apart from the one that ended, resulted in a goal. Yeah, there's so a lot of it. Don't beat the first man. The first and man, that, and I think that like, hurts me on the inside. It breaks your heart a little bit. But the, the, again, the point beating. Why are you asking Brandon Williams to mark Van Dijk? Yeah. I just don't understand it. Like, and I think from a from an organisational point of view, like you know, we do it at Sunday League. We don't really talk about that Sunday League, Saturday League. People just go, oh, I'll pick up five, I'll pick up number nine, or I'll pick up number eight, yeah. or whatever. But then you know, these are teams that look into this analysis and they say, right. So we all said it yesterday. Nemanja Matic was stood in the six-yard box doing absolutely nothing, and Van Dijk ghosts in from the edge of the penalty area towards the six-yard box, and then wins the header against Brandon Williams, and then obviously it goes into the back of the net. Mm. Why haven't they got? No man, Matic doing that. Or what well, I pointed out, why haven't they got Harry Maguire on uh, Van Dijk? I find it baffling. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do. So Carl's Carl's waiting on this, and he's saying here, you know, that should never have happened. Why zonal mark when you can man mark every player in the box, and the attacking team will always leave a player or two back, so you outnumber them. That's exactly what. Why we zonal man to man them out of any advantage? That's exactly what we were talking about yesterday, and what annoyed me so much about that corner where Van Dijk scored from. Don't get me wrong, it's a solid header, it's but good there's good. only. Four red shirts in the box at that, at that point, but how many gold shirts were there? Nine. This is the point. Is that nine gold. That 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 should never have even have been a situation. Okay. To arise. So playing devil's advocate for a minute, you obviously you're out numbering two to one. Okay, so you've got four on four. So you've got four United players on the four Liverpool players. Two on what do you do yeah. with the other five? Well, I'm I'm the old school guy. I'm putting two people on posts. Yeah. I'm always that or. At least put someone on the near post. It's good enough for Fergie. If it's good enough for Fergie and Benga, it should be good enough for everybody else. And it's as basic as that. And it's a case of right, you two are on the post. The goalkeeper's there, so you have a player utility in front of the goalkeeper. He's normally marking a player who's trying to get at the goalkeeper anyway. It is all about the delivery. It is all about the players in the box. I, I you know, I used to play for Obelisk United, a local team, and we we scored some like forty odd goals from corners because we had you know six foot three Dave Galanders. We had you know Dan Lyon coming into the box as well, Alex O'Grady, and those guys were all six foot plus, big, horrible. Alex O'Grady? Yeah, big, oh, no, big old Grady. Yeah. Um, yeah, big in the air. Do you know what I mean? You put the ball in the right place, they're going to win a header. Yeah. 
and the people that try and zone them out, I think these people are getting their tactics from FIFA. I don't. I just. I just think again. The point that Carl's making there is exactly correct. You man mark. You go with the player. Don't lose him. Don't let him get off your shoulder. Stay goal side. Cause a problem for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get, I, get up him. I think also the other thing is as well. We take a moment. Of, we've said you've said it before, but the delivery was excellent on this occasion. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. defending a corner is always imminently more hard than an attacking a uh, than attacking. I want to know who Carl supports and can we get um, the United. <laughs> so um, good Man United fans. So when you're when you're attacking, you're you are leading the. Um, uh, when you're defending, you're reacting to the attacker, aren't you? So as the attacker, yeah. you always have that slight advantage because you know where you're going to go well, in, in most cases. Yeah. And if the delivery's there, on if you're point, it's it. difficult to defend. So yeah. I think it's a mixture of zonal marking is definitely got its inherent flaws, but also at the same time, it was a great delivery. And Van Dyke, he's a strong, powerful athlete. He's, he's yeah. a strong, powerful athlete who got up early, and it was a great finish. Yeah, that was um, up Let's move on to so the second. Um, situation which should have been a goal in my opinion um, Pete Walton um, ex-Premier League referee and also Northampton uh, Northamptonian as well just saying um, he believes that the second goal should have stood he doesn't feel that there was a foul on De Gea by Van Dijk I understand why it was given but I can't see where the foul is there. There's no foul there in comparison to the Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You two mentioned earlier, earlier this sh- in the show, play to the whistle. All United players stopped because they showed that... Um, it was, it was uh, Greg Paulson, it looked like he put he his whistle. Put the, yeah. uh, put, he put his whistle to his lips, but he didn't actually blow. Glenn so Bumble was incensed. Yes. Yes, he was. Um, so all the United players kind of stopped, didn't they? They didn't, they didn't, they didn't the stop fully. But um, obviously, Firmino's put it in, and then they've all gone to the referee complaining about the foul not given. But the referee putting his whistle to lift. Can we talk how we we fit that was a great finish? Was was a lovely finish. Let's just let that that stand for that. That was more difficult than the Martial finish. It was on the deck, players in front of him, into the far corner. And you know, he, yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a moment of time for it, but so did, so did Martial. Martial oh, should have finished his oh, tennis. Yeah. It was I know it's slightly further out, but it was very similar to the finish that Richarlison did last weekend. Oh yes, exactly that. Point yeah. is, Liverpool not out of not out of second gear. Manchester no. United coming out for the second half. Yeah, they just didn't look up for it. They and didn't, they didn't, they, there was no Liverpool fight. blitzed them again, yeah. didn't they? And they there was there was a 10-15 minute period in that second half where Manchester United had a lot of possession and they looked like they could have scored and they should have scored. Yeah, with Martial. Yeah, let's take a moment for Jesse Lingard. Can we take a moment for Jesse Lingard's career, please, which is officially over? Well, Alisson has an assist. Oh, does he? Yes. You came up with the picture of the season where it was behind Salah and Alisson's the first guy there right. on his knee sliding. They did, they did a how, little how feature did, on there. Uh, get there on before TV. anybody well, else this, saw this, it. They did a little feature on TV about they tracked how fast he was running and they tracked him going over 16 miles an hour running the length oh. of the pitch to go and celebrate him reminding us of Tyree Kill overtaking everybody to oh Tyree right so it, it, what happened is United are on the attack it's what deepened injury time at this point was it yeah, yeah, it's 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 um, and uh, Alisson collects the ball and straight away spots Salah all over the side there as well and the referee allowed the advantage to be played from the goalkeeper's hands Okay, so good referee in there. Lovely ball over the top from Alan. I know it was it was it was it was, it was, it was, it was, it was lovely injury part. Yes, um, and uh, it was Dan James. Dan James was there, and uh, Bogle was just sitting next to us, t- shouting just to 
foul him, foul him, no, foul yeah. him. Absolutely wrong. Um, and you're right in saying if he does foul him, he's a red card, he's then suspended for further games. And you still lose you the game anyway. And you still lose the game anyway. What I want to say is, I don't know if it was said much, I thought it was bad goalkeeping. The ball, he didn't, Salah didn't really connect with that finish and it just, the hair just seemed to let it go through. He had a couple in the game, Salah, where, you know, the ball was, the ball was dragged back to it at one point and he kicked the ball off himself and it bobbled out for a corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the one where he, yeah, literally, he had a couple yeah, of chances. He onto his right Salah, shin and went out. Salah's looked a little more clinical recently and he's chipped in, he's starting to chip in with goals again because he's been a bit quiet again. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous, that's dangerous, not just for the Premier League, that's dangerous for Europe. Yeah. Well. And this is the thing with Liverpool is that even though they don't look like they're coming out of second gear, they're still comfortable yeah. They're the team in control of every single game yeah. they're playing. Yeah. And I fear for teams like Man City, like we're saying this about Man United, Liverpool can play through a press. Man United tried to press Man, press Liverpool in that game. Liverpool played through the press and that's why they, they could... They sh- Liverpool were looking at that game, I think Klopp won't be overly happy. Oh, don't get me wrong, he's buzzing with three points and the fact that the title is probably now over. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still sitting here saying it. Thousand to one on. Well, hang on. How many games they play? They played twenty-two. Usually, usually winning teams they'd have won what 27, 28 games to win the title. Yeah. There are only six wins off that. Off oh, that. Yeah, off they're, that. They're, they're, Imagine they're the scene: if City lose midweek and then Liverpool win, Liverpool are nineteen points clear with, with the game, game in hand. That's it's disgusting. That, that's a potential scenario for you. Yeah, well, the potential scenario is that um, are Liverpool going to go this season unbeaten? And Hopefully not. <laughs> Alex, a couple more comments before we wrap up. Uh, just uh, again from Carl saying, uh, take nothing away from Van Dijk and the men's head and well-deserved goal. Uh, he says that the goal should have stood. Uh, it was soft. De Gea needs to do better for me controlling of his box. Keep so he, oh, oh my God. Carl Clark, thank you so much. Game on the show. I, I bang on about he is not the best goalkeeper in the world and if he could control his box and command his area he would be a couple of a couple of earlier t- uh, comments Simon James if all officials are seen to have the same level of responsibility in the game why can't the fourth official make the final decision on VAR saving the ref coming over and wasting time well I'll have to get an ex-referee on the show um, like an ex-pro referee not a semi-pro one like myself um, and get some of, the, some of these uh, things uh, explained so yeah, more than happy to, to do that. The, the fourth official, as I said before, looks after the benches, manages the benches, and is there in case of injury to any other match officials. Uh, in in, earlier, in a, earlier little feature where we did top five penalty takers save your life, I asked uh, Carl just to clarify which Ronaldo he wanted, as you said there. He was actually talking about Cristiano. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't think Cristiano is as good as penalty. I've only remember him missing one or two. I remember he's him not as the clinical as I think he should be. No, his, his penalties are solid. They, they go in. When they cross the line, they don't just trickle past the line, they go in. There's a respect on Sergio Ramos' name. Oh my god, what is that, Sergio Ramos? Um, that's so, it, yeah, that's, 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 that's a great, great thank you a lot. Thanks very much for the comments. Yeah, we love, we love the comments. Thanks very much. Thank you 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 does it? Yeah. That's why I always like. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> You've been jumpy. Today. Don't do it. Yeah, because you keep moving the camera. <laughs> in association with uh, Stalker Studio, the best studio in the whole Northamptonshire. That's where we record our show every week. Uh, we're going to be back on Thursday. Maybe. No, it's got to be Thursday, isn't it? It's too much. Too much Northamptonian sport going on on Friday. Um, so, <laughs> in association with Stalkers. In association with the Mail Coach, where we do need to head right now, because otherwise Adam the Greek will not be able to host 
the best quiz show in the whole of Northampton. It's called the Big Quiz. It's pretty big. It's called the Big Quiz. It's a pretty big deal. You need to get to know him, and you need to get to know us. Uh, in association with Sport Republic and Macau Sports Bar and Grill, Sports Sports Republic, part of the Macau Sports Bar and Grill Shizzle, fifty first and eighth Times Square. If you're ever going there, go say hi to Cabs. And none of these people charge for um, allowing us to mention their names on the show. Available on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow the page at Two of Top Football and enter the competition to win yourself a shirt of your choice. Thank you and goodbye.